Come on. Angie, are you ready? I'm ready. Uh, excellent. If I'm ready. To ready. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Welcome to Lifeblood Engage. This is George G. Our guest today is the strong and powerful Angie Dobransky. She is a speaker, a trainer, a success coach with Rad Strategic Partners and the co-author of Life Lessons in Success. I'm excited to have you on. Angie, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work and why you do what you do. So I, I try to live what I call the radical life, which is you know, why my company is called Rad, right? It's a very intentional way of living where I live by the rules and dreams I set for myself, regardless of what uh, society tells me I'm supposed to do. So as a woman, I have done many things that women don't traditionally do. Every house I've ever owned, I bought by myself. It, you know, I started a business. I had a big corporate career. And my current personal life is about making my dream of living by coastal come true. So we have, uh, we live in DC, we have property, a house on the beach in Florida, and property in Todos Santos, Mexico, where we're going to build a corporate retreat center. So that's my radical life is just traveling around the world and having a good time. Nice. I love it. Well, congratulations. So my business is teaching people how to do that, right? Is to say, what do you want? You decide what you want from your life, right? And let's figure out how to go make it happen. Let's figure out how to get your business to generate you the revenue and the time and the freedom, you know, and let's decide what you want and make it come true. And that's how I live and what I do. I think that that is, I think that that is amazing. What is it that stops people from doing that? Aside from just the entire world <laughs> and society. It's partly programming. You know, we're very, we're so programmed as, as children. It's the school system, clearly, that, you know, it's whatever society thinks we're supposed to do right. is very deeply programmed into us in ways we don't even realize. And so I think, first of all, you don't realize you've been programmed to think one way and that you can think another. So that is certainly a big stopping thing. And then the other step is what stops everybody, fear. I don't know what's what will happen if I don't follow what I was told to do. And so I have fear, you know, and fear is just a story we tell ourselves. The programming that we've received from a young age, the the, the program that I'm currently piling on my children. <laughs> right, right, that we're doing to our kids. You know, it was funny. My son was a very bright student, you know, and from a very young age, he wanted to be a restaurateur. We, we ate out a lot. It was a very special, but I know why he wanted to do it. It was his dream, you know, and when he was a little kid, you know, performing in school and stuff, maybe 12 years old, and strangers would say to him, what do you want to do when you grow up? And he'd be like, I'm going to be a restaurateur. Tour. I'm going to own a restaurant. And they would go without fail. Really? That sounds really hard. Why would you want to do that? You're like, Program. shut up. <laughs> right. I was like, get away from me. Right. <laughs> right. You, you person with this job you don't like. Right. <laughs> you know what else is really hard? Hating your life. <laughs> right. <laughs> Being miserable every day is really hard. Uh, how, how's that going? Why don't you stop talking to my kid? <laughs> So your, your your son, what is he doing? So he works in a restaurant. Okay, nice, awesome. <laughs> he uh, he's working for Cava Foods, which uh, they might be in Arizona. They're in L.A. Very, he's got in and a very good time and a very hot and upcoming company, and is living his dream. You know, nice. and he's excited to go to work every day. You know, and the work he does, I couldn't do it. I'd be miserable doing it, but he loves it, and that's all that matters. Yeah, that's that is exactly right. 
So I think, I think, Angie, that this is this amazing time. It's an awful time, but it's an amazing time because we are questioning so many of the things that we've always done. Like, why am I doing this? Why, why am I living in this area? Why am I educating my children in this fashion? Why am I doing all these things? Uh, so that we are, hopefully, and I encourage everybody to do that, and that's really what your work is all about. It's figure out what it is that what 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 you really want. Now, I imagine you can't just ask somebody that question, right? They probably need some prompts of some kind. They need to be led a little bit. Yeah, they don't know, right? Because mm-hmm. your first answer is always the programmed answer, right? Like, if, you know, what do you want to be? I want to be whatever I want to was told I was supposed to be, right? And if I say to them, what do you really want? A lot of times the first answer is, what do you mean? You know, and it's like, well, what I, what brings you? So I don't, they can't ever answer that question. Mm-hmm. The way I get them to answer the question is to say, well, what brings you joy in your life? What are the things you're really good at, right? Where, where are you in your flow? You know, what's important to you? What are your values? And once I ask them all those questions, then we can pull that together to say, well, it sounds to me like what you really want is, you know, an accumulation of all that stuff. They're like, yeah. Yeah, right. I, I, I guess that's right. This is what I, when I find in this small portion of my life that I'm able to do the things that I really enjoy, that is what I really enjoy doing. That's what makes me happy. And so you're able to sort of identify that. And then it's, okay, how do we, how do we figure out or back into or, or move forwards into a career that's going to actually pay you to do that? Yeah, how do you make money? But you know what I found when I when I left the corporate world because I was very much programmed like everybody else, right? I I went to to school, I worked my way through college because I was told education was the key to success, which I still believe. And then I went and worked in the corporate world for twenty years, you know, doing exactly what I was programmed to do. Yeah, <laughs> right. That you stop for a moment and you're like where do I go from here? Right. And and what, one of the things I think is new to the modern world is you don't have to at 18 or 20 or even 30 or 40 decide what you want to do for the rest of your life because the average person has three or four different careers. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and I know as a woman, I've looked at my life as phases, right? There was the motherhood years. I was focused on being the best mother I could be. You know, now that my child is raised, I'm more focused on being the best person I can be, right? So it, it's okay to look at your life. What do you want right now, <laughs> right? And then my, what I teach people to do is about every five years reevaluate. Where are you? Where do you want to go? Because when you climb a mountain, you can't see everything until you get higher. So as you reach your goals, your goals may change because you have different sight. Do you and think- the pandemic, I think, gave everybody different sight. Yeah, a thousand percent. Is this a, is it harder, more difficult, more important to do this for, for a woman than it is a man or is it the same? Most of my clients are men. So I'm going to say it's the same. Hmm. Um, men have different programming than women. And that is something that as a woman, it was hard for me to actually observe, realize, and know was true. Cause I, I grew up believing that wasn't true, right? Men and women are the same. I'm a total feminist, right? Men and women are exactly the same yeah. and we can do whatever we want. I had that deep belief, but I started working with a lot of clients and I noticed that women have some issues that men don't have. And men have some issues that women don't have. Men are good at talking about themselves and bragging about themselves. Women are terrible at that. Now, you know, as a generalization, sure. right? Because 
if you think about the way we're programmed, right? But women will take risks that men won't take. It's quite interesting. So there, there's a, it's important for everybody, right? Because if you're not happy, are you contributing the best that you can to the world at large? No. So everybody needs to be following their passion. You know, one time my mentor, Jack Canfield, said that in his vision of the perfect world, everybody follows their passion and does exactly the work they're meant to do. And then all the jobs are done. And he's right, right? Like, but if everybody was following their passion, what would the world look like? I think a lot happier place, a lot more peaceful place too. Yeah, well, I think that it's interesting, right? The idea that... that why why wouldn't it be a better place uh just because my passion i think maybe if people are thinking that that just means that i'm going to screw around but that's absolutely not the case i'm i am fully engaged in my work and i'm doing work which is extremely important and benefiting the world and so why wouldn't other human beings also do that it's not like we're just going to sit around all day and and be shiftless I think we're afraid of the lazy part of ourselves, right? Because every time, you know, when, when people talk about virtual work before the pandemic, they'd be like, well, we think they're not really working. I'm like, well, why do you think that? You can see if the work gets done or not, right? I, I think we're afraid of the, our own. I mean, we all have a little lazy person inside of us, sure. right? And I think we're afraid of that person. And so we project it out on everybody else, right? Like, well, if everybody just followed their passion, half the people would be sitting around watching television because that's their passion. And I'm like, you know, that's your little tiny lazy person that you're projecting out there. Mm -hmm. People would, would follow it makes them feel good, which is not sitting around doing nothing. And it's creating, it's using talents. It's, you know, I mean, I, people ask me when I'm going to retire, never. It's who I am. I create. I help people. I change the world. I'm passionate about that. Is that just a programming question right there that that, that, that we ask each other? It's like when <clears throat> I remember when I was like 35 or whatever, 30, people like, oh, when, when, when are you going to get married? And then when I got married, it's like, oh, when are you guys going to have kids? And it's like, oh, when are you going to do this? And I wonder if it's like, you know, people don't even, they just can't help themselves because it's just part of programming. They say stupid stuff like that. Well, they do. It's just the expectation. I, I tell you, I had to teach myself sometimes to keep my reaction in check when a client might throw out some really crazy idea because usually it's brilliance, right? But it sounds so strange that your normal reaction is to kind of, you know, react in horror. And it's like, no, I have to teach myself not to do that because I, I want them to keep talking, right? I don't want to stop there. You know, my own programming gets in the way. You, you meet somebody who has a radically different lifestyle than yourself and you're just like, what? You know, and then you notice they're happy. Like we spend a lot of time in Todos Santos, Mexico, and there's a fair number of Americans down there just wandering around the peninsula, raising their kids in this totally alternative lifestyle. And I mean, I think, I wonder what's going to happen to their kids. And I'm like, oh, I bet they'll grow up to be really cool people. Right. Yeah. Like, right. But even I can't help myself but go, well, how are those kids getting educated? What are they learning? This is a weird lifestyle. And then I'm like, what are you, what are you doing? Those are probably going to be like the best people ever. Right. <laughs> It's classic in-group, out-group stuff, right? It's, it's non-normative yeah. non type, and that that that's that's got to be one of the tricks to to doing the work that, that that you're doing for people and helping people to 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 get where they're trying to go is just to be mindful of. I've just been triggered either by curiosity or I've, I've noticed something that is a it's different. And then right. recognizing and you've that. You got to be like, let me hold that together. 
and it, it's a funny position because, you know, most of my clients own businesses. And part of what I do for them is keep an eye out for them, you know, prevent them from making mistakes that I've seen other people make, right, you know, that are going to cost them money. And sometimes when they have these thoughts, you're like, okay, is my is my need to warn them real, right? Because I know that I've seen this, or is it something in my head that says, I'm so programmed to think if you do it this way, it'll be wrong, you know, because they're not always, I mean, sometimes they're making terrible mistakes, but a lot of times they're just trying an alternative method that might be real brilliance. Yeah, makes sense. So in terms of, of, of fear, how does that, is that stops us from doing everything? stops us from getting started. It stops us from thinking these thoughts. People always tell me that I'm fearless. Like when people really know me, they're like, gosh, you're so fearless. And I say to them, you are so wrong. What I am is brave hmm. because we all have fear because fear is just the stories we tell ourselves in the head. You know, we have these past experiences and we project them onto future experiences. And that's what fear is. And we all have it because fear is a warning system for us. It's a normal part of our brain. You know, if we didn't have any fear, we'd keep sticking our hand in the fire. Right. So it's not about not being afraid. It is about being brave, which means you face the fear and you head and you and you do it straight on. I'll never forget, you know, years ago when some of those Americans were uh, journalists were beheaded in the Middle East and they were interviewing the parents of one of these men who had been beheaded. And they talked about uh, how he's, that he seemed so he maybe he wasn't afraid. He didn't even move. And, and that what the father said was my son was incredibly brave because without fear, there can be no bravery, mm-hmm. right? And I just struck me because I'm like, that's how I've lived my life is like, I'm brave, I'm not fearless. I have the fear, I just move forward through it anyway. And that's really the secret because everything really fun is really scary right before you do it. Without fear, there could be no bravery. That is a powerful statement right there. It's really stuck with me ever since I saw that interview. It's like, you know what? He's right. Without fear, there's no bravery. And without bravery, there is no, there's probably not there's as nothing. much progress, right? Right. There's no invention. There's no creation, right? Because all of that takes, you know, standing up in the face of fear and moving forward. Is that an innate thing or is that a muscle we can strengthen? I think you can strengthen it. There's a great book that I read a long time ago. And actually, it's funny how many people talk about this book. Uh, it's called Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway. Hmm. And, and she actually talks in there about how to strengthen your fear factor, your ability to face it. And because you, you do have to recognize the difference between real fear, like, you know, the fear that says don't walk into the fire because you know you're going to get burned. I mean, that's not an imaginary story in your head, right? <laughs> right? That's a logical conclusion based on things that have happened in the past. But sometimes our fear is just crazy stories we've made up that are really based on nothing. Mm-hmm. So let's walk through, if, if, if it's possible, just to go through sort of a scenario that maybe may, may just one of the client interactions you've had without actually talking about one of your clients that, or even you, that you wanted to be bi-coastal and what was stopping you from doing it and, and, and what are you doing to get there? Oh, that, that's a good example because both my husband and I, we've been working on being bi-coastal since 2012. So we're almost 10 years into this project, right? And both my husband and I have gone through, not at the same time, um, different periods of extreme fear, which is why it's not done. We would actually probably be about two years finished if we hadn't delayed with our own fear. So 
the first time that I was in fear over it, what I realized was that I was afraid. My husband's a lot, 12 years older than me, and I was afraid I was going to end up alone, stuck in Mexico. I was like, what are you really afraid of? You're afraid that it's not going to work. You're going to kind of run out of money. He's going to die, and you're going to be in Mexico alone. Let's get real. So I had to get real with, like, what is the story I'm telling myself? So then I thought, okay, so what's the worst that can happen? Let's say you, you sell, you liquidate your assets, you invest them all in cash in Mexico, the thing goes bust, right? <laughs> right? What happens then? I go, okay, so the worst case, if that happened, is I got worthless property in Mexico, I have a house that I own outright in Florida, and I've got my husband's social security of $3,500 a month to live on at the beach. Not ideal, not terrible, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? If that's the worst that could happen, I'm okay. I'm cool with that. Right. I don't want that, but I can live with that. Right. Yeah. Right. So that was one of the ways that I got over my fear. And it's the way I actually often tell people, I say, what's the worst that could happen? Mm -hmm. Let's just talk through the worst case scenario. And a lot of times the worst case scenario is not as bad as you think. And it's still worth the risk. It's just something that we just are so afraid to look at. We also manifest fear in ways we don't know. Like my husband's fear I know where he would tell you he never had any fear, but he has um, still has not done it, but he's made progress. He has an, an old car, you know, a 74 Triumph TR7 and a whole bunch of old Macintosh um, audio gear, you know, huge things that cannot go to Mexico that need to be sold. Right. This is not coming with. <laughs> right. Yeah, there's no way to get it. There, Do you right? understand? <laughs> And he's like, okay, going to sell them, right? That's been like for years, right? And I'm just like, you know, you realize you're not selling them because it's your fear, right? That's how your fear is manifesting because as long as you don't sell that stuff, we can't go. Yeah. So don't be surprised if you wake up and you find all your stuff on Craigslist, honey. Right, gone. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> because I was brave enough to do this for you. <laughs> It's amazing. And all all uh, kidding aside, humans are such funny creatures, aren't we? We are. The human condition <laughs> is 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 fascinating. And yes, I, I really appreciate you sharing that story about uh, about you uh, addressing and, and embracing your fears about uh, Mexico and everything else. I think that that's just a wonderful way to to sort of describe what we all need to do in order to actually start moving in the direction of of the things that we really want. So I love it. Well, Angie, I think the people secret is that question. What's what is the worst that could happen? Mm -hmm. And then just confront that. And, and, and that I think that is the it, it's like, if that's the worst case, I'm willing to risk it. Yeah, it's an easier choice. I love it. At least it's a choice, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's a choice, whether you make it or not. Right. What's that rush song? Uh, if you choose not to decide, you still have made a choice. That is. Yeah. Love it. Well, Angie, you've given us a lot, but the people are ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? Okay, so here's the number one secret that will change your life. Ask for what you want from the people that will give it to you, no matter who they are. So I am terrible at asking for what I want. I've had to work on this for many, many years. Every time I do it, it scares the hell out of me. And then every time they respond positively, I'm just amazed at how well it works. So, you know, I asked Jack Canfield to write the foreword for my book, you know, a little author. He's wrote, he sold a few books in his day and uh, he was delighted to do it. And people have been like, how did you get him to write that? I'm like, I asked him. 
You know, I asked two relatively very powerful people I know to endorse my book. They happily endorsed it. You know, I was afraid to ask them. It took me days to send the email, right, that said, hey, how you doing? Haven't talked to you in a long time. I've got this book and I'm wondering if you'd write me an endorsement. You know, and in each time it might take me four days to send the email and it took them 10 minutes to respond with, yes, I'll do it for you. So if you really want what you want in life, ask for what you want from the people that can give it to you. And the most powerful people are the most giving people in the world. And they don't get asked for help enough because they're willing to help. You're willing to help. I'm willing to help. Well, I think that is great stuff that definitely gets a come on. Come on. Ask for what you want from the people that can give it to you. That is beautifully and brilliantly summed up right there. What is the worst that can happen? There cannot be fear. There cannot be, without fear, there can be no bravery. Powerful stuff today, Angie. I love it. Well, thank you. Well, thank you so much for coming out. Where can people learn more about you? How can people engage with you? My website is a great place to go. It is rad, R-A-D, strategic.com. You can book a call with me. You can read about me. There's lots of ways to contact me there. If you want to find me on social, you'll find me everywhere under my name, Angie Dobransky. If you find me on there, <laughs> every time I Google, I'm the whole page, so it's not that hard to find me. But uh, truly, you know, I am trying to change the world and help people, and anybody can book a 30-minute call with me on my website, and I'm not going to sell to you for 30 minutes. I'm going to see if I can help you, and if I can't, I'll send you in the direction of someone who can. I love it. Well, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Angie your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Go to radstrategicradstrategic.com. And find Angie Dubransky all over the interwebs. I'll list all the places in the notes of the show. Thanks again, Angie. Thank you. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight. We are all in this together. <laughs>